Welcome to Wonderfully Done, a wholesome show about sex, communication, and loving yourself. I'm Lauren. And I'm Vix. We do love to call this sexy, juicy show wholesome because you know what? Like, talking about sex can be really soft and our feelings are involved and that's really nice. But who who are we? Uh, me and Lauren are two cuties from a very cool country called Australia and we are very obsessed with talking about all things people and love and getting off. And we are here to have fun answering cute questions from lovely other sex fiends out there. Is it you? Today we are doing another quick fire round of questions, a seven minutes of heaven, wonderfully done style. The questions that we are covering today are about online sexting buds disappearing, chickens on flirt welcomeness, long-term mismatch libido, and challenges with flirting on the spectrum. So we like to offer listeners the experience of sitting down with some friends and really talking about what's on your mind. What are you curious about? What are you struggling with? And us just sharing some experiences and thoughts with you, a little bit of advice and a little bit of some some little seeds to think on. We really aim for this to be uh, a, a zone of minimal shame. We will come in with some firm opinions sometimes, and we're coming from our own lived experiences, but us doing this podcast and sharing our own thoughts, feelings, and experiences is an exercise in us deconstructing shame as well. So we encourage you to engage with it as a way to lessen your own experiences of shame. It's really important to note that we are not professionals. Uh, the the basically condition for entry here is that you ask for our thoughts and our opinions and our advice and we give it to you. We are not therapists. We're not counselors. We're not psychologists. We are just uh, a couple of queer babes in Australia that are really interested in this, uh, spend a lot of time talking and thinking about it and working on it in our own lives. And we'd love to chat with you about it too. So you might be wondering, what makes it seven minutes in heaven? What do you mean by a quick fire round? So usually we just have two questions to an episode and we get real deep on it. With a quick fire round episode, we will cover at least four questions and seven minutes of heaven means that as soon as the question starts getting read, the timer starts and Vix and I only have seven minutes to basically do a big brain and feelings dump about the whole thing. And if we run out of time, we run out of time, but you're just going to get hot off the cuff takes and then we're moving on. So Vix, let's get started. What do we have first? So, uh, Bambinos, let's get this chaos started. I'm going to on uh, my little timeroo and uh, we're going to have seven minutes for this first question. Right, ready, set, go. Dear Wonderfully Done, there have been several times that I've had an online sexting friend, but then get blocked out of the blue. Recently, I thought one had become an actual friend, but then it happened again. What can I do? So this is rough. When it comes to modern life, ghosting is a huge part of it. I'm really sorry that you're getting blocked without explanation, but in my view, you're kind of being treated as a utility person, not really as a friend. You're kind of being, you're, you're being used like pornography. And sometimes when we're done with pornography, we just close the tab. And I'm sorry that you're getting treated like porn, my friend. That's a really crappy time. Wow, yeah, I mean, that, that porn eradication, that like, oh, what have I just done? <laughs> 
I must delete it from from existence. And yeah, I, it's hard. I mean, that's the thing about sexting friends, right? Like they come, they go. Like <laughs> <laughs> I literally did not get that. That really took me a couple of seconds. Fantastic. <laughs> I've um I've had a lot of different kinds of sexting friends in my life. Uh, met from all different kinds of places. You know, I'm sure as we've talked about many times, me and Lauren are definitely children of the internet. Um, and I've been being like gross on the internet for as long as I've been online. <laughs> And uh, yeah, you know, sometimes you're feeling it with somebody and it's fun and then it's not anymore and then it's, it's, it's goodbye. Like, and um, I have really mixed feelings about things like this, to be honest, because like, depending on like, if I don't actually consider somebody a friend, like I'm not really sure that I owe somebody that I've been casually talking about sex things to an explanation if I'm not feeling it anymore. You know what I mean? Totally. I'm going to be at the top of my own needs list, then the people that I really care about that I really need in my life. And then someone who's a sexting friend is like a super utility auxiliary thing. Like I might just forget, I might delete the whole platform that we were using. You know, if you're being blocked individually by a person instead of just ghosted, it might be a question of like, can you see a pattern? Did you say something? Did you have an argument? Like, you know, did you get blocked in response to something? Is there a pattern there? But also it might not be on you. The person might be literally doing role playing or catfishing and they're not actually that person. And they're like, you know what? I can't keep lying. The person might be kind of cheating um, or might've decided that they're not going to do this anymore or started dating someone. So they're just cleaning up all their auxiliary sexual stuff. Um, They could just be Murray condoing their life and they're like, they don't want to give you energy anymore. Like those are all still frustrating, ambiguous uh, situations to be in. But yeah, it's, you can't have ownership over what they do. I mean, if you were speaking to someone and really getting along with them, which it sounds like you were, it's probably worth being like, hey, I feel like we actually get along. Like, I feel like I would consider us friends. Do you want to add each other on Facebook, Instagram? Is that weird? You know, try and have that conversation. Um, But if they've blocked you, then obviously they just don't have room for you in their life. And that's not necessarily your fault either. Yeah, you know, and it's it's a pretty clear no thank you sign you know, and what, like most relationships or with people in life, there isn't always like a a tidy answer to why something has happened. It's definitely not saying that it makes it comfortable to be on the receiving of an end, but sometimes that's, you know, it's, it's all there is really like all the different kinds of relationships that we have in our lives with all different kinds of people, you know, serve different purposes, fill different needs in our lives. And sometimes, yeah, as Lauren said, like, time based like gosh man this is really taking me down you know memory lane of like six friends lost and gone and that I haven't thought about or ones that I've put down and then I've picked back up again once I was single again you know because you know sometimes some of those are the revolving doors you know some people will like completely disappear and then reappear you know sort of like two or three years later just like hello (laughs) (laughs) how's life been what's going on (laughs) anyway how are those beautiful tits of yours you know they might come back around um, for this person too 
I think it is important to say, and this sounds very harsh, but it's a harsh reality of the world that we live in is that nobody owes you their time or an explanation, you know? Uh, Also worth noting the flip side of that, that something like a block, that's just like a, a clear sign for you that like this is not someone to keep pursuing and what you thought might have been a friendship Maybe not. I think it's maybe a cool question to sort of have a little think about is when you say actual friend, like what does that mean to you? And these online relationships that you're having with different people, what does a friend actually consist of? Is this just someone? Because I think me and Lauren were literally talking this week about online friends and being like, you know, real friends aren't someone who likes a few of your Facebook posts, (laughs) you know, or a few of your tweets occasionally or sort of like gases up a selfie now and then like are these sexting relationships that you're trying to transition into real friendship probably but if you're looking for real friendship probably like maybe taking sex out of out of the conversation (laughs) and just sort of connecting on a, a few more kind of um I don't want to say meaningful notes because I truly believe sex is deeply meaningful but I think the way people talk about sex online sometimes isn't quite as meaningful totally Yeah, we're honestly, I feel like I've said most of what I have to say on this one. And we're at like six minutes, 12 seconds. So I don't know if you've got anything else you can think of, Lauren. No, I'm going to bank that time. Um, I would just say to this person, you know, go on, greener pastures, find good sexed friends. And if you want like a professional debrief on how your sexting game is going, hire a sex-related professional to read through it and give you feedback in case you're being a creep and that's why you're getting blocked. But otherwise, you know, not your fault. Yeah, I hope that you find the sexed friends of, of your dreams and find some, some, some nice times. Like everyone deserves the things that they want. I mean, kind of, right? (laughs) (laughs) If you're not hurting anybody, we want you to have it. Hell yeah. And that is like seven minutes. Boom. Done. Oh, I just totally asked Lauren if she wanted to do me for uh, getting getting us onto the next question. So I, f- I just thought that that really needed to be in the episode. So Lauren, don't cut this out. <laughs> <laughs> I won't edit it out. All right. So uh, getting my timer ready again. Uh, another seven minutes. Will we fill it? Won't we? Who's to know? Let's have a go. All right. Clicking start now. Dear Wonderfully Done. There's this lady on Twitter who is complex, enjoyable, entertaining, and honest, and I just want to flirt with her. She lives in another country, and I just enjoy the flirty, sexy talk. But I also don't want to annoy her either. Could you share some advice on this? So, dear listener, it sounds like you feel that you are in the middle of having some flirty, sexy talk with her. Maybe the two of you flirt back. It sounds like maybe you mutually follow each other. That's a very different type of scenario than the scenario where she doesn't follow you and you are just directing flirty, sexy energy to her that she's not returning. So there's a few questions that I have about what the dynamic really is. Um, If it is a dynamic where you're sort of mutual acquaintances, follow each other, and you feel like, oh, you know, like we're liking each other's posts and there's a little bit of a flirty energy happening here, it's totally okay to ask. Like you can just slide into the DMs and say, hey, I think you're rad. I really enjoy our dynamic. It feels a bit flirty to me, which I enjoy. And that's all I'm looking for. I just want to check in and see if you're comfortable with how I'm communicating with you. That sounds like a really mature um, option to have that little check-in. What do you think, Vix? 
Yeah, I mean, I I don't know if I could have said it better, quite frankly. The only way to know what she thinks or wants or how she's interpreting the interactions and connection that you feel are there is, is, is to ask her directly you know it's sort of like the alternate on on these sort of things is like uh you know slowly push the boundaries until you find out where the light is or potentially push her away which maybe it sounds like you don't want to do that and like I must assure you like I don't want to seem like I'm being high and mighty I've done the (laughs) the less courageous uh push the boundaries on many many accounts and just uh slowly slowly like is this okay did you like (laughs) did you reply to this kind of comment did you reply to these kind of comments do you do you reply to my dms you know and yeah slowly sort of like probing and hoping to get signs or signals that there's interest for more but it's something that i'm really trying to work on like in my life in general it's trying to stop operating on these assumptions because even sort of like on the topic of signs and signals is like it's just so there is no shared language between or, or interpretations between all people for what the signs and signals are for most things, to be quite honest, unless we're talking about like the bloody regional road code for driving or something like that, where it's like, no, this is the agreed upon set of rules for how we will uh, enter the state of being, this, this sexy duel of sorts, you know? It's sort of like even <laughs> what consists of flirting or a flirty online relationship it varies wildly between people and you just really got me thinking Lauren was like yeah is this kind of a reply guy sort of thing or is it genuinely like just yeah somebody somebody that you've been friendly with and you might like it to be more because sort of I was just a little bit confused with the phrasing just of like sort of being like I want to flirt with her and then that you enjoy the flirty, sexy talk. Like, is this happening, like, publicly somewhere? Or is this... Yeah, I'm just kind of like, what do you what do you mean by that? And, like, and not wanting to annoy, does she always reply? You know? Like, are these DMs? Like, yeah, because I mean, like... I, I mean, that that is, I think, a, a pretty clear signal in life in general. If somebody wants to talk to you they will. If somebody wants to reply to you, they will. Sometimes life circumstances or different things um, do prevent people from replying, but even then that becomes a not right now, regardless of whether it's a yay or a nay, you know? Yes. I feel like if you're getting any mixed signals from this other Twitter person, it's probably a sign that maybe it's too much, but it's definitely worth just directly talking about it instead of trying to read the tea leaves, which, you know, social media can be such a fun house of mirrors where you feel like, yeah, this is totally welcome, very invited, I'm just going to be like this. And and it can ramp up for sure. And it can ramp up to the point that someone's like, you know what, I was flirty when I was drunk that one time. And now I'm just really uncomfortable that they're just carrying that tone all the time. And like, how do I bring it up? So most mature thing is to find a gentle way to bring it up and have a check. And that's if you do have a mutual follow relationship. If this person doesn't even follow you back and you don't, you aren't on the same or similar power level, uh, then just don't. Don't, because there's probably more intimacy coming from her, more persona sharing coming from her. She might not know much about you. And it's honestly pretty awkward if someone 
really assumes intimacy or pretends or behaves like we're very close friends on social media when I'm like, I don't really follow you. You know, if if I don't follow you back, I'm looking for some support. I might be looking for some feedback, but not like intimate flirting. I'm not looking for intensity back, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, I definitely get those DMs sometimes where, you know, people are kind of like, I'm going to shoot my shot. But yeah, people who it's like, I don't follow you. And I don't reply to your to your tweets like, <laughs> uh, you know, I don't like block every person that's like that. But, you know, I, I will be pretty, pretty handy with the old old mute button. You know, I sometimes feel like the different ways that we are online, you know, I talk pretty openly about sex and being like a sexual person, kind of like things in that region and kind of like, I guess what might be considered sometimes provocative photos of myself, you know. But um, it doesn't necessarily mean that I'm inviting sort of like attention from people who are like stranger strangers to me. Like there's like some of my Twitter, which is like you've been following me for like five years. So it's like there's like, you know, there's just different levels of like these <laughs> internet connection relationships. like, mm, And it is complicated. So it's a mature thing to ask. You know, because there are lots of people that if they approached me and had a very level-handed way of asking, like, hey, are you okay with the type of attention that I give you on this platform? Are you okay with the communication I do or the style or the approach? I would give you a considered answer, most likely, you know? So I think that's a really mature way to handle this. Mature. And with that, that is seven minutes. Wow. We are just so impressive. I don't even know how we do it. (laughs) Ten, (laughs) Ten out of ten. Seven out of seven. I think we're old hands at this by now. Can't we just do all of our episodes like this? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, some of them are meaty questions that we just can't handle in seven. But dear listeners, please let us know if you want us to do rapid fire all the time and you want more questions handled in an episode rather than going deeper on two, just let us know. Just leave a comment, put it in the review. We do like going fist deep, but, you know, we we have a lot of different capacity, you know? Yes. Hell yeah. All right. We've got range. Alrighty, shall we go on to the next? Uh Uh-huh, I'm ready. Are you ready? I'm so ready. I was born ready. (laughs) Is the timer ready? That's the question. (laughs) No, it's not. Hold on, I'm doing it now. Alright, I have reset and I'm... Um, you know, preparing, preparing my vocal cords, everyone. Do you want to hear me drink some water? We're very professional. ASMR. Mm. Oh, yeah. Hydration. Okay. (laughs) I'm going to press start now. Dear Wonderfully Done, I've noticed my partner's libido seems to have decreased as they've gotten older. As someone five years younger, I'm still horny. I feel like asking for my needs to be met makes them feel ashamed. It's been four years since we've been sexually intimate, but I love them dearly. I'd love any suggestions or help. So what comes to mind for me first is that it sounds like there are a lot of assumptions going on here. So saying that you have noticed this about your partner and things like that kind of phrasing. Does your partner also think that they have got a quote-unquote issue around a decreased libido? Do they also think or have said to you that they think that age is the main contributing factor here? Because for me personally, I want to put the age difference up on a shelf. There really isn't 
there isn't a lot of solid research to show that there is a very clear link with age and and libido. Libido is really complicated. There's so many different levers to it in terms of being in a long-term relationship, hormonal changes, what does your life look like, what efforts going into the relationship, has their desire for sex just even changed? You know, how does your partner feel about the situation? For me, if you haven't had sexual intimacy with your partner in four years and it's not something that they've expressed on wanting to work on with you or if the two of you have not gone to see a sex therapist before or put a lot of work into this, it might be a sign that your partner's not interested in sex or experienced much libido at all. This does change over time. It's not just because they got old, so to speak. Uh, and so for me, if it sounds, it sounds like you're definitely unhappy and that maybe they're also unhappy. Are they unhappy because they want to be having sex with you or are they unhappy because you're asking for sex or you're pestering them for sex kind of situation? This is a really classic issue of just mismatched libido, mismatched desires and the difficulty around communicating with that and acting on that. And this is such a common challenge for sex therapists, for counselors, family therapists that they navigate all the time. So I really recommend that you talk to your partner about getting involved with this as well uh, because I think there is a, a major mismatch happening that you're unhappy with and to understand how do they relate to their own desires is really important. I feel like I don't know how to follow that just like block of like kind of like three or four really big solid points. <laughs> I did I did just do an essay. I did do an essay because it's it's a big multi-layered thing there like libido is so complicated right yeah no it's it's so complicated I feel like I just want to reiterate again like yeah about I just feel like it is a really old strange like continuing cliche that older people aren't interested in sex I feel like you know it reminds me of like how people infantize um much older people in in their 60s 70s 80s and beyond whereas we're all different kinds of people with different kinds of needs and yeah it's and it's too it changes what we want to spend time on in our lives because like sex if it's a big part of your life is something that takes it takes work it takes little bits of effort all the time I think to have um, the kind of sex life that you really want to have yeah, it, it hurts hurts to hear the sort of um the the shame thing around when you have tried to talk to your partner or cuz that's the thing like is that what's actually happened cuz you've said you've felt like it makes your partner feel ashamed that you ask for your needs to be met. But like have they actually explicitly told you that that makes them feel ashamed or like they're not providing for you in that area? Because, I mean, if we're talking at base facts, they are literally not providing you or engaging with you in this area currently in your relationship. And, like, it's – oh, I just I, – I feel like it's important to say it's okay to have needs and it's okay for those needs to be sexual. And, like Lauren said, like, super common, like, mismatched libido in relationships. Like, I have that all the time. Like, I always have a higher sex drive and sometimes – like, I also have stuff with, like, self-worth, like, mixed up with, like, whether somebody wants to have sex with me or not. So, like, sometimes that can be really hard to navigate, like, when you're like, but this person loves me in all these wonderful ways, but I feel rejected because you're not loving me in this way that makes me feel loved, you know? It just really sounds like – it sounds like there isn't room to talk about sex and sensuality and your erotic relationship. 
right now or that that's even on the table but it sounds like there is a huge need for like a really big check-in and time to be really honest both with your partner and with yourself you know like it can be really hard and I fuck it I fuck it up all the time like but it, it is our responsibility to voice our needs like that level of vulnerability is really fucking necessary to truly have the intimate deep relationships that we want like on the front of like hard love things to consider it has to be said that loving someone isn't enough if finding a way to make room for your needs to be met is not on the table and it sounds like you already know that this is something that you want to have in your life I'm not sure you know clearly you want this attention or interaction with this person that you're already with but like man if you're a horny person four years is a long fucking time I I don't know how I would cope with that like I feel like I would come out with no libido from a continued feeling of being rejected that's really complicated thing here of this person wanting sex has valid needs. Their partner potentially not wanting sex is also valid. Of course. But what do these two people do together? Mm-hmm. Is it the fact that the person who appears to have the lower libido would like to try different things or is open to trying different things or can compromise in terms of reintroducing some sexual contact. What's really hard is that if you've had this elephant in the room for four years, coming back together and attempting anything is going to feel like a really big deal. And that's why I'd say that a sex therapist could be a really good idea in terms of navigating this. But when you don't talk or when you can't communicate, that's where things like cheating will happen with unmet needs and difficulty communicating around sex. And it sounds like this person really loves their partner and they don't want this to happen as well. So really difficult situation. Yeah, I've hit seven minutes on that one. But uh, yeah, it really feels like it's definitely time to, if if you want to try and figure out how to rescue this relationship it's it's probably professional get in the professionals get in the big guns like get people that know more about this than you and have seen this like and it really you know different levels of this it's such a common problem and there there are different things to explore and make sure that you're checking in with yourself about it too in a really honest way even though some of those revelations can be painful sometimes So, dear listeners, I'm going to hop in and I'm going to read a question here because we have got a slightly longer one. Okay, so, dear Wonderfully Done, last night I accidentally creeped out a friend. My understanding is that we'd flirted previously, but then I flirted when it wasn't appropriate to. I've had previous experiences where I've unknowingly made women uncomfortable. Part of the issue seems to be that I don't realize that I'm interested in at first, or that people feel they've discouraged me, but I'm not picking up on it clearly. Part of this is probably due to living on the spectrum, and I'm still working on my immense difficulty with understanding emotions, my own and other people's. My slow identification of my own feelings means that I don't see myself as consciously flirting until it's too late. I usually feel I'm just paying more attention to someone, potentially make them uncomfortable, and then realize I was interested in them later when I try to reflect on what happened. I feel bad that I do this, and I'm trying to find a way to prevent hurting people before the pattern keeps happening. Any help appreciated. This is a hard one, you know? I want to start off by saying, like, 
it's kind of a cool thing that that person was brave enough to tell you that they were uncomfortable. That's a really cool thing, you know, because when people are honest with us, that gives us room to have a little bit of a check-in about what's going on and make sure that we're on the same page about the kind of, you know, attention that we're giving and receiving. Yeah, and I would say that Vix and I both don't live uh, with being on the spectrum at all. But I think it's also really great that this person, the person who's writing us, is being honest about having made women uncomfortable. I think I've made women uncomfortable, I've made other people uncomfortable, and it's really rare to be honest about having accidentally been a creep before. So I really appreciate this person uh, sharing with us about that too. That said, I feel like uh, we're probably a bit limited in how we can give uh, feedback that's very actionable with someone that has a really different lived experience to us. I would definitely recommend finding a community of folks that live with autism or Asperger's to hear what has helped them. I think there's a lot of communities on Reddit. I've seen a lot of conversations or even other podcasts or episodes online when it comes to dating uh, relationships and things like that on the spectrum. When it's by people on the spectrum, for people on the spectrum, better than what we see on Netflix, which, you know, might be reality TV shows where people on the spectrum are sort of a spectacle as they attempt to date (laughs) and things that kind of infantilize them. But this is also a really common issue and a great area for discussion with your psychologist or a specialist uh, that knows a lot about social skills and dating for people that are on the spectrum. Yeah, another thing that I want to say is, you know, sort of where you've noted that you don't realize that you're interested at first, like a thing about, you know, attraction and, and desire is those things sometimes take take time and they they build over a duration of time so potentially at first there might actually not have been an attraction for you but then it became an attraction and that that's totally that's totally normal like that's that's how attraction works like and it's it's different with all kinds of different people that we meet in life you know it really can sneak up on you sometimes where you're like oh I think I've got a crush and uh and you know and if this person feels that they never figure that out for themselves someone else tells them that you're behaving like you have a crush on me then I think that's a really good thing to practice you know to potentially give more feedback on I have heard good things about about the book that is just literally called The Autistics Guide to Dating, a book by autistics for autistics, which that sounds great. Yeah, I've seen a lot of writing in The Atlantic and I think Triple J, like the hack TV show, had something about dating on the spectrum too. So it could be worth looking up that episode. I also feel it's useful that if this is something that's happened previously and something that might happen again as you figure this out, and any of us could creep people out, women or otherwise, it's good to practice apologizing in a really neutral, kind, calm, non-defensive way. Um, And it might be worth uh, talking to people to understand where and how you might cross social lines or have crossed social lines. Previous women may or may not want to talk to you again uh, if you have made them uncomfortable or they've given you some feedback, but you could try asking them and they're not obligated to respond to you, of course, but to get more feedback or something more specific um, could be helpful. But I would treat this as a research project and definitely something to get some professional support on. And I just want to sort of reiterate, like, on the note of causing people discomfort, like, I really feel like it's not something that's talked about enough for something that's just such a common part of life. Like, we're all very different people with very different hang-ups, different triggers, 
different kinds of brains. Uh, we There's different ways that we like to be spoken to. There's different ways that we like to be communicated with. There's different things that we consider flirting and not flirting. Um, you know, I feel like it, it isn't the end of the world to make someone feel uncomfortable. It's kind of like what we do with that information. You, you know, because I feel like most people that we make uncomfortable in life they will never tell us. It will just um, become part of their perception of who we are as a person. Yeah, and that's a hard reality. Um, but so there's only so much you can do and then people have an entire different reality and perception on their side too. Beautiful. Well, I have really enjoyed that. I feel like we have been efficient. We have been effective. We have had fun with doing another little quick fire round, Vix. Uh, we we really love doing this as a way to, when we've got some basic thoughts and we don't want to go, as you say, fist deep. So please feel free to add little questions. And if you like this format, please let us know. But I'd love to move us on to Learning Lane, Vix, and you know, let us blossom into the new year with some more educational learnings and things that have expanded our minds. Well, I feel like I've got quite a few things because uh, we are, gosh, when will this episode come come out? Who's this episode, maybe it's in January. <laughs> We're recording this at the fresh old start of the year. Yeah, this is like, it's, uh, it's January 3rd, 2021. <laughs> I'm aging this podcast episode in this very moment. <laughs> So, you know, we, we haven't recorded in a few weeks because Lauren very cleverly got us to, you know, lock a batch at the beginning of December. She pulled me through, pushed me through. So some, <laughs> some of my learnings are from over the month. So I actually have like a few this time instead of replying with, uh, I didn't learn anything this month. <laughs> <laughs> We've had a little bit of a break. And of course, that means that we did some uh, slutty, sexy homework and reading. Oh, we did. Okay. Well, there were two things that I wanted to talk about. Um, I read this really cool article by Swell, um, who are from damewellness.com, um, and they do some really cool articles about different sexual things, relationship things, feelings things, you know, all of the things that I like the best. Um, and a cute little one came into my inbox a few weeks ago, which was talking about sexual currency. And they were sort of describing that as being anytime we hug, kiss, rub, squeeze and nuzzle into a romantic partner, there is an erotic charge. This comes from the sexual relationship that exists between the couples. Sexual currency is a little different from physical affection. It is sexually charged touch that has erotic meaning. I thought this article was super interesting because I, I think it's a great reminder that to keep sort of our erotic relationships um, feeling really good and being active in, in different ways... Um, that it, it takes a lot of work but it's you know it's and it's fun work and all these little investments that we do mean a lot um it also it talks a lot about how so much of sex isn't the actual sexual acts like that is just one of the expressions of the sexual connection um and it, it felt really nice to to see more value given to all of the little different ways that we create that connection with our partners, you know, through those like, I don't know, sometimes, you know, you, you put sex on the calendar and have lovely little texty, flirty sort of things, you know, leading up to that. And that really, 
you know, builds and at least for me and I'm sure many other people is like just that anticipation is like just as enjoyable, sometimes more so than, than the sex itself, you know? Uh, so I just thought this was, um, we'll, we will include the link in our, in our notes, you know, they, obviously the article can speak on this much better than I can, but I think this could also be a really great read for anyone out there who's experiencing low libido and wants to find some little ways that they can kind of reconnect with their partner. Hell yeah, love it. And there was another thing that I found, which I sent to Lauren, like, immediately. I follow this really fabulous person called uh, Stevie Writes on Instagram. I'm a huge fan of their Insta page. They share really neat bite-sized takeaways on things around kink and non-monogamy, autism, sexuality, and gender. And they had a post come up that was all about uh, relationships with different neurotypes and how those can be really challenging like personally this year I found out that I had ADHD and through a lot of the personal learning that I've done this year it's really helped me to totally reevaluate the way I interact romantically and in sexual relationships and and sort of be able to identify different patterns of behavior that in a lot of ways I didn't really understand and caused a lot of in the past and and present sometimes you know cause some problems <laughs> because you know you're both trying to kind of make sense of something that feels like it doesn't make sense sometimes you know and I thought it was just a really wow concept to you know see it really specified and to sit with and consider how this affects our perceptions and coming together and our communications and our experience of reality the different ways that our brains work like the idea that our realities are all different our perception is not reality, even though it feels like it. It's just one version of it. And I just really loved this quote, especially, which was just saying, it's about, you know, getting comfortable with the idea that difference can be met with curiosity, not condemnation, and that being powerful work to sort of realize that. And I've been finding that a very personally successful thing to explore, to be very curious about how a partner feels in a very genuine way because that's the thing right like we're supposed to care about each other and um, I feel like curiosity I think is actually a really meaningful beautiful thing to have for the people that you love in your life Uh, so I don't know if I did that any justice either but I will too include a link to that and that was a really like hit me in the guts and is something that you know I want to think about continue to think about and apply moving forward you know as who knows what kinds of partners I will have in the future slash me trying to manage my fun little ADHD ass you know (laughs) (laughs) I think that's a really great point on perception because I often find you know even when people are talking about logic arguments, you know, trying to distill facts versus trying to distill perception. And a lot of the conflict that I've had has benefited from both of us just really sitting down and instead sharing more deeply on how we're perceiving that point of difference and where we're coming from. And that's like a huge thing, I reckon. Honestly, it was so hard for me to not scream into the microphone, but like I'm trying to do that less, you know, so that you all don't have to listen to me screaming. Um, But I just feel like a lot in life people say logic and they, they, they don't understand that they're actually guising their feelings and perception as logic and 
I just I just challenge anyone out there listening <laughs> to especially things regarding other people in <laughs> different situations and communication. Certain things aren't as logical as, as you're kind of trying to tell yourself. And it's okay. That's the cool thing about feelings. Feelings sometimes are extremely illogical. And that's fine. But even then, based on what logic? Like, we all, we are all living this life inside our own heads. Like, that's Truly. literally where our lives take place. Yes. <laughs> like, and they're mad with our head, you know, and they're pretending like their head is just facts only and no emotion and no politics. And we say nay. That is silly. Nay! My, one of my little learning lanes also came from Instagram. I do believe it could have been I, uh, I'll, I'll look up the person, but it might be um, your your fat therapist or the fat sex therapist, both of whom that are great on Instagram. But they were talking about the next time that you go have a good old mass session and go and fill yourself up, actually doing it totally naked and on top of your bed covers, because so many of us will do it clothed, under bed covers, covered up, you know, shame covering ourselves or doing it to dampen sound or whatever the situation is. But she's just like, lay on your bed, look at yourself, look at your chest, look at your actual genitals, like actually be a bit more embodied in your actual process instead of just zoned out on the porn that you're watching or whatever. Even just having that little moment of embodiment in the little mad session can really help with body acceptance and touching yourself lovingly, appreciating yourself sensually. Um, and yeah, so it was something that I, I had a go with and it did feel nice. It did feel a little bit different, it did feel a little bit fresh and uh, it's summer in Australia now. So anyone who's also Southern Hemisphere, get out there, feel yourself up, look at your beautiful body and um, have a little bit of fun. And my other learning lane would be um, on the much more safer work side um, in that I filled out my year compass. So year compass is a Hungarian initiative. The year compass booklet is all about reflecting on the year that you had and reflecting on the year that you want to have and sort of putting yourself in a really clear position about emotional goals. What are you going to work on? What are you going to let go of? What are you going to forgive yourself for? You know, what challenged you last year? If last year was a book, what would you call it? Like it comes at you with a lot of really different emotional angles or lenses or ways to consider the year that you've had and the year that you want to have in a way that I found really helpful because it's a very difficult, weird year that we've all had. And I think we can all do with something that helps us put our best foot forward or understand more about how did you actually feel about last year? How do you want to feel about the year ahead? And find it really helpful. So if you look up Year Compass, we can also put the link in the show notes. It recommends many hours to fill it out. Um, I probably did mine over an hour, but I've filled them out um, in previous years. So definitely give that a little bit of a recommend. Yeah, no, I'm definitely looking forward to um, filling mine in and having a good old mess watching my sweet jiggly body. <laughs> Hell yeah. So when we have uh, had a little skip on up through Lonely Lane, we like to slide on into Weekly Wonderful before we let you go back into your beautiful sparkly lives. Uh, the Weekly Wonderful is where we chat about something that we've loved this week and uh, a recommendation for you to check it out as well. Just for something as a little bit of a pick me up in case we've discussed something heavy or in case, um, you know, life is a garbage fire. We're hoping better for 2021, but you know, this can put a little bit of pep in your step. So, Vix, what do you want to share for Weekly Wonderful? Well, you know, we haven't done one in a while, so I'm trying to be 
brief, um, but <laughs> me and Lauren um, have a lovely friend uh, called Kathy. Um, gosh, what is Kathy's Instagram handle, Lauren? Kathy is at Big Melb Appetite. Which I did know, but I was not confident enough. I'm sorry, Kathy. I love your shit. But anyway, she is a fucking amazing like food blogger in Melbourne. Um, we will include her Instagram and her TikTok in the notes. Like, man, she can just make food just look like so fucking dreamy and delicious. So we were kind of like, could you make us look dreamy and delicious? <laughs> Which obviously she could because we're very gorgeous and she's very clever. So, you know, <laughs> we just had a really fun day. Just like got out the dildos, put on cute little pink outfits and just took some some cutie little pictures together. So um, that just felt really good. It was so awesome to see Lauren like be really free and let go in front of the camera. And I just really enjoyed it and felt really proud and also like super gorgeous. And it was just really, we just had a really nice time. We did, we did. And the results were super lovely. Uh, Kathy is a wizard, but as you say, we are also gorgeous. And we obviously adore each other, which comes across in the photos. They look like the most beautiful queen bridal shoots you've ever seen so we really look forward to sharing more of those with you and trickling them through the season to come yes we will do a sweet trickle we have already put one on (laughs) (laughs) the sweetest trickle um (laughs) sorry (laughs) it just sounds like the most amazing uh burlesque name ever sorry every time you say sweet Sweet, sweet trickle. I can't even bloody well say it. But yes, as, as you're about to say, uh, we do we do have one first shot up on the website that Vix has lovingly built. So please scootle on over. You will enjoy the photo. It's quite fun, quite silly, and uh, reflects our personality in the show quite well. Yes, which our website is at uh, wonderfullydone.show. I know, truly the best, the best... <laughs> web address we could have hoped for I really like it um another lovely thing that happened is that I went to a partner's Christmas for the first time and this was also you know at my first like it's a polyamorous partner so you know it was it was just a really sweet day and I just felt really welcome and really a part of things and like it just felt really good you know and I'm like yeah I'm doing it polyamory suck it (laughs) that's fun but that partner also got me a very very glorious christmas present um they had asked me earlier in the month like did i want what kind of christmas present did i want um and and we're like maybe a sexual christmas present and then they're like oh definitely like that's what you want um and they ended up giving it to me like at the beginning of the month and it it is the i will include the link in the name and the show notes because i want I want more people to experience this, but it's called the Sir Richard's Control Silicon Rim Joy. So basically it's a rimmer toy, like in its actual kind of makeup, it's very, very similar to the sort of like clit sucky licky kind of toys. I guess the way that this one is sort of like branded is towards I would say like gay or queer men predominantly like it's in very like hard like black and (laughs) black and blue packaging links Africa looking sex toy (laughs) yeah it's definitely but like god fucking damn like if I feel like I'm not gonna be able to come again I'm like no 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 I'm like too sensitive I can't do it and it can just like whoa it just really push you over the edge like uh vulva havers lovers whore fucking get that shit and butthole lovers havers 
fucking get it in there, mate. Like, <laughs> wow. Just the, the, the it's, it's kind of like a, like a loudish toy. But like, honestly, I'm just, I'm not sorry. Like, I don't mind if, if my flatmates know that's what's happening. Because like, <laughs> I'm living my best life getting mm-hmm. licked, licked furiously by this tiny robot. And, um, <laughs> <laughs> fuck yeah. And I live for it. It also has a heat setting so that you can, warm, you can warm up the tongue. Whoa. And, um, I just, honestly, I can't recommend it enough. Like in Australia, it retails for between like 110 to $150, but like, fuck, this is, wow. Apart, oh, I did also buy a, um, this lovely like dual density, just, it was, it's my first like plain schlong dildo, like, but like, wow, just like, just like holding it by the balls and just like jiggling it and wiggling <laughs> it around. Like it is just such a marvelous creation and I just didn't know how much I would fall in love with it so it's, you know it's been a really great time for sex toys and then I'm like am I done with my weekly wonderfuls because no shit's been really fucking wonderful um and amongst things being awful <laughs> um I will talk about it I guess more extensively at another time, I ha- have found myself in a new unicorny kind of situation. Um, and I never knew how much I wanted to be a unicorn. And wow, I'm just having the best time. If you cutie babes are listening, thank you for being wonderful. You're so hot and cool and amazing. And um, I'm so happy to be your friend and sex friend. Wow. Yeah. So This is so cute. This is so cute. I've got the most big stupid grin on my face. <laughs> Messages going out there to sweet cute partners making Vix's life extra good, extra saucy. Oh, extra just, extra fluffy. I just love it. Living for polyamory life lately. It's just been um really magical. I feel like I'm getting my needs met <laughs> in in way and for things I didn't even know I needed. Things I fantasize about, but I like I don't know. I just feel like it is a unicorn situation and that like, it's not supposed to be this good. (laughs) Gorgeous. Well, yeah, I definitely think that we should do maybe a baby sewed or something talking about the unicorn experience, unicorn culture, what's involved. I think a lot of people would either like that situation or could be a valid unicorn themselves. So I think that could be great for us to talk about. And if that sounds interesting for you, please slippery slide into our curious cat or any place for giving us feedback and let us know if you'd be interested. So for me and for my little weekly wonderful, um, just really classic business. Uh, We had a good little mini break. We are recording this at the start of the year. For Christmas and New Year's, our local COVID laws meant that I was able to see folks in some really small gatherings um, over that break period. And that's just been really special and appreciated. And I don't know where cases will be when this episode comes out. Um, You know, content warning for COVID probably. Sorry, everybody. Um, (laughs) Shattering and bringing us all back to reality. But I'm not sure if we'll end up going back into lockdown again so I'm just really appreciating when I have face FaceTime with someone in person and just when I look back at the best moments of last year it was still when I was able to have you know contact with people or it was the connections and the collaborations that I had with people so it just really shows like my human juice is replenished by these very human experiences not by social media likes or clocking a video game or whatever else but by the Ushi gushy, lovely um, personal connections. So I appreciated that wake up call. I also read two very different sexy comics by the same author and artist called Hamlet Machine, one word. 
Um, I read their comic Painkiller, so that's got uh, separated words. It's a very homoerotic, bizarre, monster-fucking, quite short comic uh, about a dystopian world where a hot dude gets fucked by, like, weird scorpions and an evil scientist and lots of bizarre stuff happens, but the dude's good-looking, the sex is interesting and weird, and I really like the artist's work. Uh, then they also have the much more um, tame and no scorpion insight series called Mickey plus Jessica. Uh, Mickey is spelled like Mickey Mouse, and that is a dark uh, lesbian romance comic. And yeah, I just really like the way that this author makes their work, makes their art. Um, I back them on Patreon to get access to all of their comics. And they are quite successful and what I love is that every now and again they just spend money on other artists in order to give their audience fan art or like weird digital toys. I'm doing bunny fingers, bunny ears here. Um, so, you know, Painkiller comes with like a free web flash player fuck game where you can do terrible things to the main dude character, including fill him with eggs and make him have sex with scorpions. And, uh, it's not what I expected, but it brought me right back to, like, playing Gangora Girl on Flash. Rest in peace, sweet Flash player. I know that that's been turned off now. Um, yeah, so it was just a fun little journey down memory lane, and I've been reading this person's comics probably for, like, seven years or something like that, so it's very cool to see where they're at now. And uh, I think that's just about it, Vix. What do you reckon? I think so. I can also agree that that game was very fun to play, which I was doing while I was on the camera to Lauren and she could hear the sound and I didn't realize so. (laughs) That's fun. Um, But yeah, it was hot and weird and great. I love the internet. What a magical place to be. (laughs) Hell yeah. All right, so sometimes we also get funny little extra comments in our Curious Cat. We had this one which said, which I assume is talking to me, (laughs) which said, you seem to be getting more daring with your Instagram, which is great as you are ridiculously hot. Would you ever make an OnlyFans or post your nudes? Yes, I have been getting increasingly daring. Um, <laughs> my my partner is um, a nude photographer and um, and I don't know anyone listening out there, but like I'm very obsessed with taking nudes. I love it. I love it. Like <laughs> it's, it's a great time. Um, I've definitely considered an OnlyFans, but I feel like I'm just still still on the fence. I'm still on the fence if I've got the energy to, to build that web presence and that content wheel. But you know... Gosh, I do have a lot of really beautiful fucking pictures of myself that uh, never see the light of day, a.k.a. are sent to people like Lauren. (laughs) (laughs) And other blessed few, and other blessed few. But in exchange for money, you know, who knows? Never say never, right? Who knows? I love how I'm like, I'm going to assume this is me. Um, but I, I, I'm it like, is. I don't think Lauren's posting pictures of her butt like this ridiculous little bean. <laughs> no, I'm not posting on Instagram, full stop. But Vix's Instagram is fantastic. Do you want to give people the handle, Vix? Or do they need to do some internet digging to figure it out? Oh, you can have it, you know. Uh, I'm just big bad cutie on Instagram. Um, super cute. And, like, obviously so representative of me. <laughs> just another reminder, we mentioned our website before, but honestly, I think it looks slick as fuck. I would love some feedback on it. So if you did want to go and have a look at it, I'd really appreciate it. It is, again, at wonderfully done.show. 
There is also um, a big uh, sexy event coming on the calendar, <laughs> aka known as Valentine's Day, contentious topic. Uh, is there anything that you would like to hear us talk about on that? Because, uh, you know, it's it's a holiday that I've always been obsessed with and I've definitely always been in the camp of like getting very shitty when people are like, oh, it's just a commercial holiday. People should be good to their partners every day. Well, you know what? They're not. And sometimes <laughs> I think a little prompt is helpful for people. <laughs> I actually find that like a red flag for me when people are like, Ugh. Where, uh, you know, I just feel like if something's important to your partner and it would make them feel really good to be made special made to feel special at a time where you don't really care you know I feel like not doing something for your partner is more saying that you don't really care that your partner has an interest or a need (laughs) for for your opinion on something like anyway totally totally valentine's day rate it hate it let us know um we will share our takes I'm sure we'll probably have some chats about it And uh, if anyone's got cute Valentine's Day plans, feel free to add that to the Curious Cat. We might even do a little cute readout. Could be a bit fun. Oh, I really like that idea. Aww, we have to make some Valentine's Day content. I still love Valentine's Day. Even though I'm supposed to be on a break this year from, like, taking commercial holidays seriously. (laughs) (laughs) But also, I don't care. Who said that? Who said that? (laughs) I'm a material girl in a material world and I want to be made to feel special. <laughs> Whatever gives you serotonin. Storeboard is okay. Oh, baby wants a crumb of serotonin. So <laughs> just a couple of crumbs just to keep me going, please. <laughs> <laughs> well, dear listeners, we've, we've lost the plot. So before we go completely, Vix, how can people get involved? Well, there are a few ways that you can get in contact with our beautiful selves to share questions or topics or anecdotes. You know, we're pretty open to the different kinds of things that we will talk about on the podcast or sharing weird comments like I'm I'm here for it and ready for it and uh, show us what you got. You can slide into our DMs with your questions at our Twitter, which is at done wonderfully. I know, eternally confusing, but it's the best we could do. But you could also slip us a secret saucy anonymous message or not saucy. Maybe it's about deep sadness. I don't know. But you can do that at curiouscat.qa slash wonderfully done. Wonderfully done can be downloaded wherever you listen to your potty potty podcasts. And hey, you're doing wonderfully. <laughs>